thanks for downloading this podcast. podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be rebroadcast, reproduced or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by searching iTunes for Radio Le Mans or visiting RadioLeMans.com. Live from Trackside, this is IMSA Radio. Hello everybody and welcome along to the resumption of the IMSA WeatherTech Sportscar Series. It's great to finally be back to, well, what uh, is real racing, full metal racing is what Bruce Jones, uh, our RSL colleague, called it late, uh, earlier on uh, in the season. We've thoroughly enjoyed the uh, IMSA iRacing Pro Series but we've got a bit of bonus coverage for you tonight from Daytona, which was the last place, of course, that we watched any racing for the WeatherTech Sports Car Championship. And that is where we will resume play, if you will, on RS2, part of the Radio Show Limited network of channels. It is IMSA Radio, Jeremy Shaw and Shea Adam joining me, John Hindorf for FP1, as we're about to get underway under heavy skies at Daytona uh, for free practice. The WeatherTech Sports Car Championship on IMSA Radio. Uh, let's bring in Shea Adam first of all. Uh, good afternoon, good evening, uh, good morning, wherever uh, our audience is in the world. Shea Adam, welcome to the Haggerty Global Broadcast Centre uh, and a weather situation that has really thrown a curveball early on to all the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship runners, Shea. Good evening. Good evening, John. Yeah, glad to be back on the airwaves. It's been quite the day weather-wise in Daytona for the International Speedway because they started out with the beautiful sunny day this morning. And then in the middle of the afternoon, well, the skies opened up. There were some pretty severe thunderstorms in the area to the point where pit lane setup was actually suspended. People having to go find shelter because there was lightning around a little bit too close. There was a flood advisory put out because there was one to two inches of rain that fell in Volusia County and in Melbourne, which is just a little bit south of Daytona. But now the rain has moved out, at least for the time being. I'm going to go out on a limb and say we might actually stay dry for this entire one-hour practice session, the first practice session for the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship since January, when we were also here at Daytona. But it's not going to stay dry for very long because I just checked, and there's a huge front moving down from the Georgia area. It's right now around Jacksonville, so that's about 100 miles north of the Speedway. But tomorrow is going to be a lot of rain. So the competitors getting this dry running now, they're not going to have it for very long. Uh, and Jeremy Shaw, welcome along and welcome back to the airwaves of IMSA Radio. You've been joining us uh, on uh, the uh, midweek motorsport shows and also Shea and yourself were kind enough earlier on this week to do a previously on IMSA. It does seem a long time ago since we were all together at Daytona for the Rolex 24. 
Certainly does, John. I can't remember the last time I was away from a racetrack for this period of time. I haven't, I haven't, been, I haven't been anywhere. I haven't even been to uh, in, any of the local tracks in Southern California. Not that there are very many these days. Uh, so yeah, it's been it's been really really strange. And uh, as Shay was talking about the weather, your know, big big thunderstorm went through earlier today. And uh, when I looked. A couple of hours ago at the weather forecast for Daytona Beach this evening, it looked a bit dodgy for around about now or with, certainly within the next hour while this practice session is is, 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 was, is due to take place. But uh, look again now and it looks pretty clear up until about 10 o'clock this evening. So that won't be a problem for us, at least for this first practice session. Already a penalty uh, will be uh, uh, assessed because Magnus Racing have gone straight to pit out rather than uh, the going into their pit box share adam we're waiting to get a bit of uh, noise from the the track there but if if they didn't stop in their box they'll get a penalty for that straight away yeah they will and there's a little bit of a difference going on right now because with everybody rolling into the track just a few hours ago there's a lot of difference you're not pitted right next to somebody else in terms of the garage as you normally would be in daytona the gtd cars are rather in the lame of shame as we would refer to it in as in Le Mans. they're a little bit further out so everybody's still trying to adjust to the new protocol i didn't see magnus stop in their pit box but I also didn't see any cars come out from behind the pit wall. So that could be a situation where already the 44 Lamborghini that comes in and in effect by taking the green flag takes over the points lead. They might be starting this off on the wrong foot. Uh, we should have a green flag in about a minute or two's time. We've got live timing and scoring coming uh, as well. And that's on the IMSA pages at uh, radio-show.co.uk. Also on the Alcamel pages of IMSA. Uh, Jeremy, let's uh, just quickly talk about the format of what we're going to see. Actually, before we do that, let's talk about who's here and who isn't here. A couple of GTD cars that aren't here, right? One of their Porsches and, of course, no... GTD points leader, as Shea alluded to there, with Paul Miller Racing missing at least the first couple of races uh, of the championship restart for a number of very good reasons. And I'm not, we're not going to criticise anybody about the decisions they make. Everybody's got to make uh, their own on uh, value judgments on this, but 26 cars will take part. And I think it should be congratulated uh, and all of the teams down there should be congratulated for getting 26 cars into the pits and paddock. Yeah, very much so. You're absolutely right there. And uh, it's, it's, it's a quality field. Certainly. Uh, I think we've, uh, you know, that's a good, good field of cars, good numbers, great quality. I mean, there's no mate weights among this field whatsoever. So it's going to be incredibly competitive in each of the three classes. No LMP2s here, of course, this weekend. They're not part of the, uh, the, 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 uh, this part of the season. So they, the first time we'll see them is, uh, where Road America, I guess, next time out, wouldn't they be? It's a good, it's a good point. Um, yeah. Uh, Riley have missed the pick exit in the, uh, 74 car. Uh, and drove out onto the grass with a little bit of a, an issue uh, for them. Uh, that was Lawson Ashenbach making an uh, unusual mistake. Shea Adam, uh, also not there. One driver that we expected, in fact, was on the original. Uh, and he ha- didn't feel too well when he was driving up to the speedway. Give us the story there. 
Well, Felipe Nasser and Pipo Durrani both had a situation where it was going to be a tight situation for them to get out of Brazil, which is where they live, and into the U.S. before the borders were closed. This was about three weeks ago. Both of them made it. Both of them have houses in Miami, and both of them have since been living in Miami and quarantining there. Yesterday, Felipe Nasser gets in the car and starts to drive up to Daytona and doesn't exactly feel 100%. So he called the team and asked what they should do, and they recommended that he stop somewhere to get a test before coming all the way up to Daytona. He did get a test, and the test results were that Felipe Nasser has COVID-19. So instead of going to the track, seeing his crew and potentially infecting everyone else, he turned around and came back to Miami. And since has been replaced for this race by Gabby Chavez. Now, Felipe expects to be better by the time that the Sebring race rolls around in two weeks' time. He's hoping that he can do anything he needs to to try and recover from this. But as a result, the team that finished seventh in the Daytona Rolex 24-hour is not going to be the dynamic duo that we're used to. And in such, Felipe Nazar is out of the championship running. That's our 2018 DPI champion. So that has huge implications for the rest of the season. Yeah, very big shame, big shame. For, 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 for Nasser. But good news, of course, for Gabby Chavez, who was uh, sitting around uh, at home yesterday, uh, contemplating uh, having some 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 family time at home with a with a barbecue and perhaps going to the pool over the weekend. But uh, instead, he, opt- he he got a call from Gary Nelson uh, around about noon yesterday. I'm told, and the, there was one flight to to Florida at that stage in the, in the in the evening. It was at three o'clock. They left that afternoon to Orlando. So uh, Gabby Chavez. Gabby Chavez scrambled everything together, uh, went off to the airport, and here he is. I think he's arrived safely in Daytona. Spin for the 911 Porsche, which went out in the hands of Nick Tandy, the Joe Tandy Racing Team GTR. Very excited about the boss getting back to work. I think they were just glad to get rid of him, actually. I think he was making a nuisance of himself uh, in, the, in, the, in the booth, to be honest. Uh, let's take a look at some times coming in. Well, nobody's really done uh, anything uh, fully competitive as yet with the first four minutes done it is the road circuit of course as we ran last time out a full uh, nine car field of dpis exactly the same as as we saw at the rolex 24 which is good to see Uh, we've got a reduced field of gt le mans of course with the two bmws the two porsches uh, and the two mid-engined Chevy Corvette, Tony Garcia and Tom Milner behind the three and the four wheels. Pat Long uh, has just put a timing of 154.064 in the remaining right motorsport Porsche. And that's the best of the GTD cars at the moment. I'm guessing, Jeremy, that the, the, the order of the day here is get out, get some miles under the wheels, knock the rust off yourself and the car and don't bin it. Is the is, is the question? Yes. Is the answer to the question that's been asked at the moment? I think you're absolutely right. Yes, uh, just get as much track time as you possibly can. You know, it's been a long time for most of these drivers. Very few of them have driven anything at all on any sort of a racetrack. So, um, and even on sims, I think it's been fairly limited for them all. At least top level sims for most of them. So yes, they've got to get themselves back in the groove and. And, you know, for the teams, there have been a few bounce and performance changes to the specifications of the cars since they were here at Daytona for the, for the Rolex 24. So they've got to get used to all that as well. 
So 26 cars out on the circuit or listed to go out uh, on the circuit. The it's Pete Durrani who's just gone to the top for wheel and engineering Cadillac DPI 31 car. Few changes for that team uh, over uh, the winter break, but of course we've seen them uh, at Daytona again. Got to keep reminding myself, Jeremy, that this is not the start of the season. We have actually had a race. Yeah, that's right. It was a long, long time ago, but uh, we have had a race. That's right. So, you know, there, there are championship points on the board as well already for these guys. Um, and now, um, you know, they've got to build on that start of the season, but, but effectively starting again. I mean, it's a much longer gap. Uh, between the first race and the second race than there was, I think, between the last race of last year and Daytona. So, waiting for some more times to come in. Uh, Jonathan Bomarita goes back to the top in the 55. Multimatic. Turner Motorsports 96 BMW has Robbie Foley behind the wheel of the M6 GT3. Lawson Aschenbach has recovered. He's up into uh, second in class, just going ahead of Robbie Foley. And Team Hardpoint new to the championship. Good to see Spencer Pumpelli back with Team Hardpoint, Share Adam. Uh, and a, an a announcement we made a couple of weeks ago on Midweight Motorsports. Yeah, it really is. And especially to see Spencer in a full-time ride in the WeatherTech Championship. That hasn't happened for a long time. As a matter of fact, Spencer's last win in the WeatherTech Championship, would you like to register a guess? I have no clue. 2015 Petit oh, wow. Le Mans. Yeah, wow. so it's been a while. Spencer's looking to try and get a few podiums to start things off with uh, his co-driver Rob Ferriel also making his debut in the series this weekend. But yeah, for Spencer, it's been quite some time. Just checking through the other GTD runners. Uh, Mark Miller is out for Gradient Racing. That's another... Well, it's it's another new team, Jeremy, in that we've not seen Gradient before. There's elements of that team that have come out of CJ Wilson Racing for that Acura NSX GT3. Mark Miller and uh, Till Bechtelsheimer uh, pairing up in the 22 car. Yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah, they, they, did, they did drive this car last season, Till drove it the whole season. Uh, Mark Miller missed the first couple of rounds. They raced in the SRO series and had some success there. Had one win on the season, ended up fourth in the points in the Pro-Am category there. So, you know, they've got, they got plenty of laps under their belt, plenty of miles under their belt in this car. But uh, as you say, it is the team's debut in the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship. And both drivers and the whole team, super excited to be here. And that's a car, it's uh, difficult for them, Jeremy, because um, obviously they're coming in and they weren't. This is the, the first round of the sprint championship for GT Daytona. So uh, that car wasn't part of the, uh, the big show at the Rolex. Therefore, this is their first time with that car at Daytona. They've had to get new uh, gearing for that car as part of the the homologation. Uh, and this is really a voyage of discovery. But there there are, is some data from from HPD, from Honda Performance Developments that they can get from the other NSX runners. Yeah, that's absolutely right, of course. There is some information to draw from. And, and the same, of course, for the team Hardpoint Audi. You know, that uh, car has not run here before with this team, but they have do, have 
have uh, very good data from the, from the Rolex 24, and actually no real no real changes. I don't think to yeah, there's slight change on the uh, on the engine uh, restrictor for that Audi, but uh, minimal. So they have to, they have at least some data and information to work from, but still it's going to be a steep learning curve for that number 30 team. So looking at the DPIs, not everyone has been out yet. Pete Durrani has, and he's back at the top with the 136.109. Uh, ahead of the 55 in second, that's the Multimatic Run car now. And that is Multimatic Run now because the Joost Motorsport contract ended uh, at the end of March. Then it's Ryan Briscoe for the Koenig and Minolta Cadillac. Defending champions from the fact, two years in a row, they've won the Rolex 24. So we know that car goes well there in the endurance spec uh, with a 138-136. Uh, then the JDC Miller Motorsports Cadillac number 85. Remember, they are running two cars, but the other one uh, is uh, the action, the um, Whelan car. So they're both, both those cars in the top four, and it's uh, Chris Miller behind the wheel best of the GTLMs Porsche it's the 912 from the 911 Lawrence Vantour and Nick Tandy separated by not very much at all 146.1 from 146.4 then the Corvette of Tom Milner in third in GTD uh, after that little mistake coming out the pits Lawson Aschenbach for Riley uh, leads for Mercedes AMG GT3 in the 74 car that he shares with Gar Robinson and, and Jeremy GT3 I mean it's been it's been a wonderful addition to IMSA competition, uh, this GT Daytona, GT3, effectively. I think we've got, what, nine manufacturers for ten cars here? Uh, I think all of those manufacturers have had a podium in the last season in IMSA competition. Yeah, quite incredible, isn't it? And uh, it's, it's, the, the, there's so much enthusiasm uh, amongst the, the GTD ranks right now. You know, the, unfortunately, we don't have the Aston Martin here that we, that we saw at Daytona, but it's still nine different manufacturers is, is a remarkable way to start off the season. Uh, Dan Cameron just going out for Acura Team Penske in the number six car. The number seven is Ricky Taylor. Uh, and he is in the pits. Good story for Ian Vassar Sullivan in the Lexus RCF GT3, Jeremy. Aaron Tillitz has got the full season drive for that car. Yeah, absolutely superb. Parker Chase was down to drive that car at the beginning of the season, but uh, he's elected uh, not to drive the car from, from here on in. Instead, he's going to be racing in the Michelin Pilot Challenge. He's going to join Brian Hurd Autosport in a third was it fourth Hyundai Veloster in, in, in that series? Uh, instead, I'd open the door up at Ian Vassar Sullivan and Aaron Tielitz, who's come up through the ranks uh, in the on the road to Indy, had a fair bit of success. They didn't win any championships, but did everything but. Um, and is, is one race at every level. Uh, a really talented young man who made his debut for, in IMSA with this team at the Rolex 24 one year ago. Very much impressed the entire team. Uh, he did a good job as well also in, uh, in January this year. So when the door opened up, they were quick to, to uh, call on Aaron Tielitz to drive that car. Good opportunity for him too. Lawrence Vanter improves his time at the top of uh, GT Le Mans. And... I'm hearing Sheer Adam uh, Renga van der Zander in the 10, not Ryan Briscoe. That's a bright yellow helmet. And the last time I checked, uh, Renger's helmet was bright yellow. Ryan's was 
a bit softer colors. Uh, so I would be questioning who's driving that car. I'll just send a message to Ranker and see if he answers. That'll be the quickest way to find <laughs> out, huh? Yes, because we know he's <laughs> sensible enough not to text and drive. Exactly. Yeah, that, that's good. You're listening to RS2. This is IMSA Radio. If you want to get in touch with us, ask at IMSA Radio on Twitter. Uh, and it's Jeremy Shawshier, Adam and me, John Hindorf. Great to have cars back on the circuit after what the responsible adult is calling the big pause uh, for the middle or the early part of the season uh, and 46 minutes to go so 15 minutes gone let's have a quick rundown of who's doing what it's Tony Vlander now to the top in GT Daytona for Scuderia Corsa uh, assuming that that's who's at the wheel of that car 147.9 uh, 148.1 so a couple of tenths by uh, uh, behind Lawson Aschenbach for the 74 Riley Motorsports AMG where's that just disappeared down to there we are and Frank Montcalvo for Ian Vassar Sullivan has the first of the Lexus RCF GT3s in third position that's the 12th then Pat Long for Wright Motorsport, then Paul Holton for Compass. First time, Jeremy, that we've seen that uh, McLaren in the GT uh, category, uh, and that's good news for the 720S. Yeah, first time at Daytona, certainly for that yes, team. Yes, it did. did some races last year, and of course, they're, they're the uh, WeatherTech Sprint Cup Series last year, planning on doing the same again this year, but originally, of course, that uh, WeatherTech Sprint Cup Series did not include the race at Daytona. So uh, they are that's another team coming in here with... Uh, a, a, a very, very steep learning curve and much more steep for the fact that no McLaren has run around here. None of the 720S McLarens, at least, has run around here in uh, in any sort of configuration at all. It's Jeremy Shaw. I'm John Hindorf. Shea Adam is keeping us up to date with what's going on. I think we've seen all the cars out on track, bar a couple. Uh, the number seven Aku Team Penske car has not yet completed a, uh, a flying lap, but I don't think uh, out at all have been either the number 14, Aim Vassar Sullivan Lexus that we talked about a few minutes ago, or Oliver Jarvis, number 77 Mazda. Neither of those, those two cars yet turned a lap. I don't, I don't think they've even turned a, a well, not, not even a split time yet, so I don't think they've been out of the pit lane. So, noticing. 77? Sorry, go ahead, Serge. Uh, that's the 77 that Jeremy was just asking about? Yes. Uh, I'll get no, right on that, Jeremy. That car <laughs> hasn't been out. It's Ollie Jarvis we were expecting to see out. He's the qualifying maestro. Uh, I don't think Aaron Tillitz has been out yet uh, either. Uh, certainly not showing any split times. BMWs with some new liveries uh, to look at as well, which is one thing I did note. There's still overcast skies at the... Daytona International Speedway but the bad weather that we had earlier on and it was really tipping down of, of rain, at least the overcast has broken up just a little bit, the number three of uh, Antonio Garcia just going past pit exit now and heading down towards the International Hairpin, looking out down towards the, the coast, the weather looking a little better lights aren't on yet, uh, sunset at this time of the year after 8 o'clock uh, local time as the Antonio Garcia Corvette gets passed by JDC uh, Miller Motorsport just before half past eight the sunset over the next couple of days 
at Daytona Beach. Still getting used to the new shape of the Corvette. Going out onto the high banks now through turn six for that uh, bright yellow number three car with the Mobile One branding on the rear three-quarter panel and heading up onto the high banks of NASCAR one and two. 42 minutes and 26 seconds still to go or thereabouts. And it, I just, it's just great to see and hear cars back out on the circuit again. Down through the bus stop then for Antonio Garcia. The 25 BMW is the red and two-tone grey car. That at the moment in the hands uh, of Conor de Filippi in fourth position for Tim Rehar, Letnam and Lanigan. We've seen this red livery, ironically, uh, saw the red liveries, didn't we, in the IMSA iRacing Pro Series. Uh, the five rounds of that that we had uh, earlier on uh, in the last few months. And that car now going up onto the banking as well. Black roof on that car. As it heads around the banking, the regular livery is the 31 red, white and grey of the Whelan Engineering number 31 car. Gabby Chavez getting into that car now. It was the 135.9 was put in by the regular driver, uh, that being Pipo Durrani. Uh, Accurate team Penske up into third for Dame Cameron, then Chris Miller, Ryan Briscoe, possibly not Ryan Briscoe. We think that was Renger's, Renger van der Sander that's it uh, in that. And we've got an Acura moving up into first position for Mayer Shank Racing. MSR, the 86 car, now goes up to first in GT Daytona with a 147 couple of BMWs together now but not in the same class it's the Liquid Molly GT Daytona uh, M6 that is uh, chasing round its bigger brother the M8 BMW unusual in the fact that their GT4 car is the M4 M6 for GT3 and M8 for GT Le Mans and the McLaren up on the banking now as well the number 76 with the Richard Meal sponsorship, has got Paul Holton behind it. He's in ninth position with a best of a two, with a best of a 148.8, excuse me, in that very, very distinctive, bright, uh, almost highlighter red, pink, and dark grey. Very lark, if you are of a, an age like me, you will remember the lark McLarens. Any news on the 77, Shea Adam, what have we found um, out from that? They are working on some issues, staying on the safe side. Sorry, sorry Shea, take in. Uh, they're dealing with some issues, but they're staying on the safe side. So instead of bringing the car out onto the pit lane and then having to work on it, they're doing the project back in the garage, but they're not worried. I just talked to Tristan Nunez. He said all should be fine. They'll be out before the end of the session. Okay.
9-11 Porsche heading out in the hands of Nick Tandy through the short shoot and through that left-hand turn up onto the banking. So first 20 minutes or thereabouts of the resumption of the season and got to say the speedway's dried up pretty well, Jeremy Sean. It uh, doesn't look too bad, the conditions out there. It's nine sets of tyres for Daytona prototype, nine for GT Le Mans and six for GTD this weekend for the two hour and 40 minute, minute race. Yeah, I think uh, conditions are very good right now. You know, it's, it is still pretty warm out there, but uh, lap times are pretty stout. Fastest time so far, 135.9. That was uh, set, uh, I presume, by um, uh, Pippa Dorado before he handed that car over Correct. to Gabby Chavez. Uh, 135.9, the, uh, the, the race lap record stood to Felipe Nasser from the Rolex 24 earlier on this year at 134.5. So, yeah, within the second half of that, right out of the box, they've only done, what, uh, 10 laps or so. So uh, that's pretty impressive right away. Yeah, very impressive. Very impressive indeed. Uh, there was a question on Twitter early on, and I have to say, I don't know what the answer uh, would have been, Sheer Adam. You might. Uh, Gavi Chavez getting the late call-up. Did he just happen to be there with his helmet, his licence and his race suit? No, but Gavi lives in Indianapolis, so he's not too far away. He's just a short flight. Um, and he has driven for the team in the past. So Gabby's experience in a prototype has come with the Action Express organization. It's not a big reach for them to ask him to step in. The problem yeah, for... Did a couple of, Sorry, a couple of races with that team a couple of years ago. John, in 2018, he drove at Watkins Glen and at Petit Le Mans. Uh, but that was back in 2018, so it's been a long time since he's uh, got behind the wheel of one of these, uh, one of these uh, Cadillac DPI cars. But uh, it won't take long for him to get up to speed, I'm sure. More problems for Nick Tandy a moment or two ago. He ran through the bus stop and had to just pause for a moment. So he didn't gain any uh, advantage. Getting down towards halfway through, six minutes away from half distance. It's still Cadillac Acura Mazda. Cadillac, Cadillac, Cadillac Acura for your top seven. Separated by 1.2 seconds in DPI. And Elio Castro Neves. Uh, is in the number seven in fifth position there. He's just improved to a 136.9 last time around. And Dan Cameron uh, is in the pits. Jonathan Bomarito's in the pits. Chris Miller's in the pits. So two, only two of the top five out on the circuit at the moment. That being first place Gabby Chavez and fifth place Elio Castro Neves. So... Robinson and the Lawson Ashenbach car just coming through the chicane, the bus stop chicane on the back of the circuit now heading, sort of stings about half a car's, maybe a car's width off the yellow line. See so he heads round in that very distinctive blue, red and white AMG. 74 at the moment, still has Lawson at the wheel in sixth position in GTD. This is his outlap back in the car as he heads through the tri-oval across the line and dives into the infield section. Got a clear track in front of him for the moment as well. Uh, this is 
Lady and gentlemen, uh, about the time we're going to... In fact, it is exactly the time we're going to be racing tomorrow. It's, it's overcast... Uh, but not massively overcast, but I don't think we need headlights right now, Jeremy. I mean, the, vi the visibility's all right, and we don't have the the additional lighting on, on the speedway just yet. No, indeed not. No, the, the, the sun doesn't set for another, what time is it now, 6.30? It doesn't set for another hour and a half or more, I don't think. So uh, it should be, should be no problem there, particularly uh, as the, you know, the, the clouds aren't too oppressive at the moment. Uh, there's uh, some blue sky around there so i would say what partly cloudy now or partly sunny whichever way you want to look at it uh, but certainly conditions out on the speedway are, are pretty good it's not as hot as it was earlier on today at least the sun isn't beating down on the track so as i say conditions pretty good so 33 minutes to go then and just looking for improvements. John Edwards last time round quicker in the 24 BMW, 11th overall, 4th in class for that M8 GTE, 144.932. And at the moment, the, that's the 16 right car on the far side of the circuit. And where are we in GTD? Still Tony Volander leading that category from Mario Farnbacher. So Ferrari, Acura Lexus, Acura Porsche, Lexus. And the best the Mercedes can do is seventh position, 148.783. Uh, Paul Holton a little bit off the pace. Mark Miller the same. And still, Shea Adam, we haven't seen that 77 Multimatic. No, and since Tristan Nunez has been answering my text messages, I would imagine that it will be Ollie Jarvis who drives the car first when it does come out from behind the wall. But that is the only car we have yet to see so far in this practice session. And Tristan said it won't be long now. There's only 32 minutes remaining in the session, though. Joao Barbosa in the pits for the Mustang Sampling Racing number five, the Action Express car. Uh, so who's out? Well, out has gone Castro Neves, and to some, uh, to some effect, Jeremy, up into third position for Elio. That's right. Yes. Yeah, so a little bit late out on the track uh, for for uh, for the number seven car, but it's taken them no no time at all to get up to speed. That the the Acuras uh, have uh, been a, had a slight change to the balance, balance performance since they were here in January. A little bit more horsepower. Uh, on the on the uh, the two Acuras and um, slightly more turbo boost on those cars, so that's that's put them up to uh, about another seven horsepower or so, and uh, they they are certainly hopeful that that is going to bring them onto the pace of the Cadillacs that were very much, very definitely the cars to beat uh, when we were there at Daytona in January. At uh, IMS Radio, if you want to get in touch with us, we're on the. Twitter feed here in the Haggerty Global Broadcast Centre. Hello to Carol Brink, who's tuned in. Obviously, Michelin Racing as well. Uh, Heinricher Racing dropping us some uh, notes as well. Always good to be following a few of the teams on Twitter, if you can too. 
Uh, and John DeKeese, who's listening in. Hello, John. Sports Car 365 tuned in. Uh, Sebring is the next race for LMP2. Sorry, that did come in uh, a little while ago. Thank you, John. Uh, trying to get up the speed with all the calendar changes. Uh, I spent most of today watching single-seater racing. Uh, F2s with 18-inch rims on that look like Indy cars. Indy cars that look like sports cars uh, with the aero screen but with no fenders on. And Formula One cars that are all in the wrong colours. It was a very confusing day to be a motorsport fan. <laughs> oh, dear, mate. So we are now down at half distance. And it is still the wheel and engineering Cadillac on top of the pile with that 135.976 put in by Pete Durrani earlier on. Acura's second and third now, Cameron and, and Castro Neves. Gabby Chavez just going back out uh, in that lead car. As Dan Cameron is in the pits, Castro Neves is out. Jonathan Bomarito is out for the sole Multimatic 55. Uh, and Dan Cameron, in fact, just gone back out as well. So still with that issue then for the second of the Mazda Motorsports cars. Impressed with the JDC Miller car up in fifth position, barely a second away from the fast time there, Jeremy. They've got their uh, work cut out, double the number of cars uh, that they have been, for the most part, used to running with their taking on the... Uh, Whelan car, uh, taking on the uh, Mustang sampling car, excuse me. Yeah, that's right. And he take Whelan cars out front, that great lap by uh, Piva Durrani early on, on 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 the first set of tyres. Uh, he's got a six tenths on the field, while the rest of the of the contenders in DPI, we still haven't seen the number 77 cars we talked about earlier on, but the rest of the cars are all within, within uh, what, four tenths of a second, so super tight from second down to seventh. Similarly close also in GTLM, just a second covers the whole field there with the two Porsches out front. Then the best of the Corvettes in third position, Tommy Milner in third place with a 1 minute 44.6. And then the two BMWs, John Edwards and Conor Filippi in numbers 24 and 25. And then Antonio Garcia in the second of the Corvettes, car number three in the sixth position in class. Tony Villander has set the fastest time in GTD before handing over that WeatherTech Ferrari to Cooper McNeil. Cooper McNeil, of course, he's got a lot of racing miles in this car. He's also done, he, he was out at the WeatherTech Raceway Laguna Seca recently doing a Ferrari challenge test as well. So he's one of the few drivers actually driven a race car, I think, in the last few months. Mm. And that makes a difference, Jeremy, doesn't it? it? You know, it doesn't really matter what the race car is. I know Nick Tandy was going to test a, a Ford car, um, his endurance Ford car, <laughs> uh, up at Donington Park a few weeks ago, just to get behind the wheel of a car again. Yeah, you know, it's, it's you get any sort of a feel, you know, you can... You can do as much sim stuff as you like, but it's, it doesn't give you the same kind of feel for being on a racetrack. It, much, it might be a much slower car, but at least you're out on a racetrack and you're, you're kind of getting your body, body used to pushing itself or, and or your, your mind to its limits. Uh, Shea Adam uh, with an update on the WeatherTech Ferrari team running in white, red and blue this weekend. 
It's a great looking Ferrari, isn't it? Yeah, Cooper has been not doing as much simulator stuff over this break as uh, we've come to call it. He's learning how to fly a helicopter. He's gotten his helicopter pilot's license, and he's been doing a lot of journeying all across the country that way to try and still get the travel bug in. But uh, he spent quite a lot of time in South Florida as well, where he does have a simulator. So he's been training for this heat and humidity as well he can back down in Fort Lauderdale. But as he said to me a little bit earlier on, the track was still damp at the start of the session and the humidity is, quote, 10 million percent. But he's happy just to be back at the racetrack. Andy Blackmore listening in as well. Hello, Andy. Livery genius. Uh, taking note of the descriptions of any livery adjustments. <laughs> Small update on the spotter guy tonight. The BMW, the red BMW, I think, is the one that's uh, caught most uh, people uh, out to be honest and uh, that car uh, was looking very good indeed the last time we saw it that's the 25 car isn't it that's running in the the red livery shit down on it the is. sorry Shay, down on the uh, infield uh, don't forget the two Corvettes run different liveries as well now we've got the all yellow car and then the grey and yellow car that's the number four Confusingly, that's in third uh, position uh, at the moment. So three, uh, four is third, and three is... Oh, okay, see, it's already confused me. The four is Tom Milner behind the wheel of that. In fact, just corrected as Antonio Garcia has gone back through. Thank goodness the three's back into third and the fourth's back in fourth. Uh, again, I, I really like the yellow and dark grey, or dark grey and yellow livery of that C8R so GT Le Mans 9-12 from 9-11 come on guys get yourselves in team order uh, Vanto is still behind the wheel of the 9-12 Fred Makovecki has taken over from uh, the starting driver of Tandy see if I can get a look at the 9-12 and see if that's Earl Bamba behind the wheel of that then it's Garcia and Milner 3 and 4 and then the two BMWs, 24 and 25. So it's only the two Porsches that aren't in team order, which is uh, upsetting me slightly. In GTD, Cooper McNeil's now behind the wheel of the Scuderia Corsa Ferrari, uh, which the time in that 63 car, the 147.4, was put in by Tony Vlander. Townsend Bell behind the wheel of the Invasa Sullivan, second place car. He's just got in that car, the number 12. And he's doing double duty. Not sure how the social distancing works there for T-Bell, but he's commentating on uh, the IndyCar at, uh, at Indianapolis tomorrow. So it's kind of cross-fertilisation, the two paddocks there, which I, I'm not sure how that really works as, as far as the biosphere is concerned, unless he's got one of those sort of big suits and he carries his... Oh, no, let's not even go there. Uh, I, I I suppose he's got time to get up there and get back again after those because the, the IndyCar race is, what, 9 o'clock tomorrow, uh, 12 Well, I don't know. It's going to be all tight. It's going to be tight. It's going to be tight. And if there's any delay, it's going to be very tight indeed. I presume he's not going to qualify uh, and he's not going to... Well, he isn't going to qualify because he's going there tonight. He's flying he, Indianapolis yeah. tonight. So he's not going to qualify so he won't have to start the race. The, the no, issue... he, he can't qualify because they're the silver drivers. Yeah, exactly. Who... who uh, had to qualify so he, he'll jump in it towards the end of the race um, yeah. and I, I, ju I, I just don't 
I, I, I thought the whole idea was to try and keep everybody separate, and I, I don't see jumping between the two paddocks how that sends the right message, if I'm honest. But okay. Yeah, he, he won't be going in the paddock, to be fair, in Indianapolis. He'll just be going to the booth. Uh, that is he, a fair he, point. Your point. Your point is taken very, very much so, and it's certainly a bit risky, I would suggest. But another quick note about Townsend, by the way. He's carrying this weekend both Aim Fast and Sullivan cars are carrying identification to, to Rod Campbell, who is uh, to Townsend's father-in-law. Rod Campbell was uh, one of the, the PR legends in this country campbell and company was set oh, yeah. up by rod campbell on behalf of ford motor company what 50 years ago best better part of so rod was a real legend sadly passed away a couple of months ago and uh, townsend is carrying uh, identification on that car as indeed uh, both aim versus sullivan cars and various other cars in formula one too i think the uh, the force uh, no, not Force India cars anymore, are they? What are they called? Trading paints. Um, uh, uh, <laughs> tracing tracing <laughs> point, they call them, because they've, uh, they've, they've nicked the Mercedes design. Racing yeah, point. Exactly. The racing point. Yeah, they're, they're, they're carrying... I like uh, trading paints much uh, better, though, Jeremy. <laughs> That's great. Thank you very much. Ah, very good. Very good. <laughs> Well, so far, so good. It's still the uh, Gabby Chavez car. The people that are only set the time on its fastest, John, at 135.976. The uh, Dane Cameron Acker has got a little bit closer uh, last time around. Last time the car was... Uh, He's in the pits right now, is Dane Cameron. But a bit lap before he came into the pits, he got down to 136.3, so four-tenths of a second now between first and second. And uh, the uh, the back of the field in DPI, 137.0. So 1.05 seconds covers the uh, all seven cars in DPI. Still no sign of the number 77 car, though. That's the only car that's not been out on track. We talked earlier on about number four, uh, number 14 Lexus being laid out, but that has now getting, got up to speed. Uh, seven laps turned by Jack Hawks within that car. And then the other car that wasn't out early on was number seven Acura, but uh, Elio Castroneves quickly got up to speed in that car to be third fastest at the moment overall. At IMSA Radio, if you uh, want to get in touch. Don't forget, we'll have qualifying in sound and vision tomorrow, wherever you are uh, in the USA or further afield. Uh, that's live and uninterrupted. And then the race, for those of you in territories that doesn't that have a TV feed, will be via the usual methods of IMSA TV and our page at radio-show.co.uk. Uh, for those of you in the States, of course, you've got your NBC Sports coverage on a busy day for NBC Sports tomorrow. Just Honestly, if you live in the States, just settle down and take the day uh, because you might as well just sit there and watch motorsport all the way through with IndyCar Xfinity on the road circuit at, uh, at Indy. Uh, then the race here at Indianapolis and then of course on Sunday you've got the Coca-Cola 600 as well just some a quick note coming in uh, as well from uh, the NASCAR paddocks uh, is that uh, Jimmy Johnson we understand has been tested positive for the coronavirus and therefore that will take him out of the weekend Justin Algaier will be replacing him and that also means his IndyCar test is cancelled so we wish Jimmy the best 
uh, and hope that he doesn't get any nasty symptoms from the virus. Meantime, back yeah. here. That's, that's three people I've heard of today then. First of all, of course, it was uh, Felipe Nasser. Mm -hmm. uh, now Jimmy Johnson. The third person who's got uh, COVID-19 I heard this morning was uh, Catherine Nunn, Mo Nunn's all right. uh, a widow. So uh, she, she's a super lady. So we wish her well uh, in her in her recovery as well. She's in Arizona these days. Mo, of course, passed away. Great loss to the, to, to the, to the paddocks. Um, but uh, yeah, we wish all three of them, uh, among as well as everybody else, of course, has been affected by this horrific illness. Yeah, absolutely agree. And if you are out and about, please, please, please do still observe the social distancing and be responsible. Responsible not just for yourself, but to other people as well. Did like the message that formula, not very often I have anything, uh, you know, I'm not an, uh, by no means a. a an apologist for Formula One, but uh, uh, socialise responsibly was their hashtag today, which I thought was very good uh, indeed. Gar Robinson getting into the 74 car. And in the pit lane at the moment, there is a little bit of work going on on the right front of the Riley AMG Shea Adam. Looks like that car might have taken a bit of a, a ding. The Michelin tyre going back on, though. Could just be a setup adjustment. Bill Riley does like to change the setup quite a bit. But remember, that was the car that ran off while leaving the pit lane at the start of this session. So we'll have to find out from Lawson exactly what happened there. Gar about to get his first laps in a very, very long time, though. Uh, and a note from Jeremy Shaw on the 77 Multimatic. Ollie Jarvis has not been seen, uh, neither he or Tristan Nunez, in that 77 car. I couldn't get the engine fired up, apparently. Uh, so no fire in the uh, oh, right. in the engine bay, uh, literal, literal or figurative. So uh, they're, they're changing the plugs and the coils and as much the electrical components as, as they can on that car, I'm hearing. But uh, no word yet as to whether it'll be out before the end of the session. We've got, what, just under 17 minutes remaining. Well, and that is exactly, Jeremy, what we were talking about earlier on. Everybody talking in a truncated weekend like this about getting decent amount of track time. You've got drivers to get through. None of these guys have forgotten how to drive, but by the same token, you want to get the cars out, get some miles under them, and if something's going to shake, rattle, or roll loose, you want to find that now, not later. Indeed so, and yeah, for the, for the team that finished second and a very strong second at the Rolex 24, uh, that's uh, not the way they want to start this season out. They, they came in here full of optimism. Uh, with Oliver Jarvis having been on the pole here each of the last two Rolex 24s. So yeah, he's, he's a man on a mission here. That team is on a mission, as you say, with Multimatic having taken over the organisation entirely now. There's been some shuffling of positions there on the crew, but mainly it's it, largely it's the same people uh, involved as as was the case at uh, at Daytona earlier this year. But still, to, uh, to not get out in this first session, that's a, uh, a major disappointment. Earl Bamber just going out in the 912. So he has just got into that car. So it was his uh, teammate, Lawrence Vanter, who was still in it earlier on. That's still the quickest of the GTDs, a 144.0, 144.1 for the Makiveki and Tandy car in second. Then Garcia and Milner, the two Corvettes, then the two BMWs. 
uh, and Erin Chetchill did suggest that she would have a word with the team for us to try and get those two cars uh, in the right order. Inside the last 15 minutes of what I think, thankfully for most teams, uh, Jeremy, has been an uneventful session. Just as we said, trolling, you just want to troll round, maybe change the tyres, change the drivers, put a bit of fuel in it, but that's exactly what they want because crucially here they're getting vital data they know this track but they don't know it at this time of year yeah that's exactly right and you know for most of the teams now i think everybody has completed you know the only car that hasn't done 10 laps is the number 14 lexus that's just completed its ninth lap with jack Hawksworth at the wheel so yeah, yeah most of the teams have, have completed somewhere between 15 and 20 the most laps by anybody at this stage are the number uh, 31 car and the number 85 so two Cadillacs they both turned 22 laps in this session the best in GTLM 21 laps for the number four Corvette and the number 911 Porsche and in GTD most laps turned up is 20 by the Wright Motorsports Porsche car number 16. So look at GTD then Tony Vlander uh, back in the 63 after a few laps from Cooper McNeil, the Scuderia Corsa. That's the WeatherTech white car, 912 Porsche. Just closing up on the MyShank Racing car. Uh, we mentioned a few people who weren't here. Shared no gear racing, uh, and here got very close. I hear to getting a deal done, but not quite. And they're talking to a number of manufacturers and teams about getting Christina Nielsen and Catherine Legg back in the championship. Correct. It's the first weekend since 2014 and since 2013 for Kat, 2014 for Christina, that they haven't been at an IMSA. made it out onto the pit lane so they will be preparing oh. to turn some laps tristan nunez did not text me back so i would imagine that it might be him behind the wheel for the start of this one but for gear racing gear racing still exists there was just a split with grassers so those ladies will no longer be running a grt lamborghini when they get back to the track and i have no doubt that they will be back hopefully by road america they will be in a different marquee so stand by to see uh which manufacturer gets lucky enough to run them uh yeah good point because they will be competitive, there's no doubt about it. Christina, a double champion. Cats, what, a couple of points away from being a champion as well a season or so ago. And uber competitive, Jeremy. And a shame that what, you know, we'll not speculate about what it was and why it happened. The problem comes is where do you get the car what car do you get are you going to have to go to a different manufacturer and you know that sounds easy if you're going to jump into a different hire car at the airport because the first one you picked wasn't working very well but it's not it's not like that in racing is it no it's not there's a lot more to it you're absolutely right it's certainly a shame that whole thing apparently came up fairly late so a big disappointment for them and as Shay was saying you know this is the first i reckon this is the first time there hasn't been a a a, a, a a female driver in the IMSA race, other than the uh, prototype and GTLM only races yeah. at Long Beach in 15, 18 and 19. I think the last time there wasn't a female on the starting grid was at uh, Circuit Americas in 2014. In 2016 at Long Beach, Ashley Freiburg was in a, in a PC car. Uh, but uh, I think uh, other than, than that race, it's been, it's been quite a while. So we certainly miss the girls and we hope they're going to be back soon. 
Uh, bad news if you're a fan of Mazda Power. The 77 resplendent in its new white, red and blue uh, livery. Mostly a white car with a red flash with grey on it and a little bit of blue on the top of the uh, cockpit. And Finn is going back behind the wall and it went under uh, person power. Uh, Tristan Nunes' helmet uh, with the car. Well, and, and Tristan as well. It wasn't just like the helmet was disembodied um, you'll be pleased to know if you're a Tristan Nunez fan um, not a, not a great start to the Multimatic rain then for running those cars and the issue has been not being able to get that two litre engine fired up and oh, hopefully it's not a return to the issues of years gone by the other car the 55 with Harry Tinknell having just thrown his hat into the ring uh, for a number of years with Multimatic uh, uh, he is now in that car that's third so it's Cadillac number 31 first then the six Acura uh, Montoya behind the wheel of, of that car then Harry Tinknell uh, Gabby Chavez's car in the pits but the second and third cars both out on the circuit also back out again is Matt McMurray in the MSR Acura and Misha Goitberg in the Heinrich Racing MSR car right in behind its teammate now with nothing between them till Bechtelsheimer getting some laps as well for Gradient Racing in the number 22 car talking to them on Midweek Motorsports uh, this week until who we caught up with in New York before he travelled down to Daytona just saying look we've just got to get out there turn some laps uh, and get used to the car and get used to the track uh, Mark Miller knows his way around here pretty well but Till's done no laps whatsoever uh, representatively here although he did tell me and this will interest Jeremy Shaw that one of the things Till's a big vintage racer, racer and his plan is to bring an ex-Lemon uh, Chevron B6 over for the Sebring Classic for the Sebring for the Daytona and Sebring Classic events later in the year Jeremy and seeing Till in a B6 uh, around here at Daytona. That will be something worth seeing, I would have thought. B6, the little coupe, wow. Yeah. That's, uh, that, that'll be... Uh... Excellent car, apparently. Really? Wow. Uh, sorry, B8. It's a B8. My apologies, okay. B8. Yeah, almost identical. Yeah. Um, uh, but I'm, I'm, he was very excited uh, about being here this weekend. Till's fantastically enthusiastic and emotional about his motor racing and and you know that's I think that's absolutely right. Uh, he won't be getting back to Europe because of the situation with quarantine from anybody travelling back from the states. He's based in the on the uh, east coast of the US, of course, uh, which means he's going to miss the Spa six hours, which he generally does. That classic six-hour encounter in an MG midget. I have no clue what the closing speed between that and a GT40 or a GT40 and that, should I say, is. But he's very disappointed to be missing that. But uh, excited to be here and bring that B8 across. Hello to Declan Brennan of Gradient Racing, who set up those interviews for us earlier on this week. Change in GT Le Mans, Jeremy, with uh, Yardley Hastings' fastest GT driver making a move. Yeah, and just only... 0.072 now off the pace of, that was set earlier on by Lawrence Vantour in a number 912 Porsche. So that upsets your symmetry, unfortunately, I John. Know, but I certainly know. good news for the Corvettes. 
And, and, the, and the top four cars now just covered by, what, 0.129 of a second. Fantastic stuff. That's the two Corvettes and the two Porsches. We like to think of ourselves, if you like, as a bit of a community radio service. It just so happens that our community is one of interest rather than geographical uh, type. Uh, we talk to the world, of course, but hello to Andy Sattler, who's uh, tuned in at the moment, and to Hannah Lynch, and to Chris Suku, and to uh, RTL, Right Turn Lover, and Sam Collins as well listening in, as through the back straight alternative chicane, Rather than going through the bus stop, that's Misha Goigberg in the 57 car. And no harm, no foul. Still fourth position for that car. At IMSA Radio, if you uh, want to get in touch with us. And that's the same for the whole weekend uh, as well. Uh, it seems that it was Tommy Milner, Shea, that set the time before Ollie got into that car. Yep, just got a note through from Ryan Smith, the Corvette racing PR guru, who said that Tommy set the fastest lap, came into the pit lane, and then handed over to Ollie. So uh, good to see that Tommy can still lay it down. And congratulations to Tommy and his wife, Lauren, who announced very sneakily on social media about a week ago that they're expecting a baby in August. Um, while we're talking about Ryan, thank you for all the help from all of the uh, PR personnel many of whom are not at the track of course with this uh, situation that we have at the moment as we head down to the last five minutes hello to Keir Brew as well who I know is uh, tuned in listening uh, but it's been fantastic she I know you've been talking as you would normally do if you're in the paddock it's just doing a little bit of distance talking either on text or uh, some kind of video conferencing but I think every single team and car have, have come back to you and and been helping with information yeah there are just two cars that i have yet to make contact with i'm not going to name and shame them uh yet but <laughs> yet, yet that was you just needed a slightly longer pause there that was very very good <laughs> exactly. but no i so appreciate the help i've been talking to so many people and and i did a tweet earlier this week talking about just how much i love this paddock because everyone is friendly everyone is willing to go out of their way to help and we just have a group of people like you said oh. john it's a community just love sports car racing jeremy shaw new time at the top of the standings uh, new time well-known name Indeed so. Well, Pablo Montoya goes to the top eight. Car number six for Acura Team Penske, 135.960. We're now down to inside the final five minutes of this session. And there's been improvements uh, across the board pretty much now because uh, everybody is, is stepping up the game as the, as the time ticks away. And all seven cars that have been out on the track in DPI are within eight tenths of a second. Wow. So we've only not seen in any way, shape or form, that number 77 Mazda, which has gone back behind the wall. It was having problems getting started. It did get pushed onto the pit lane, but it didn't get out onto the track. It was pushed back under people power. Looks like uh, Ryan, uh, Ricky Taylor, excuse me. I was going to try and say Ryan Taylor and Ricky Briscoe there. They're together on the timing <laughs> screen. Uh, Ricky Taylor with a good last sector of his previous lap now puts in a good first sector of his next lap. He's in fifth position at the moment, but there's only half a second between the top six. And as Jeremy says, three quarters of a second between the top seven. Sebastian Bordet now behind the wheel of the Mustang sampling car. Ryan Briscoe not 
Sands. In fact, just going out onto the circuit, it's uh, JDC Miller Racing are in the pits. No, they're not because at the moment I mentioned them, they go out as well. So Montoya's done the fast time and come in and he's been given a, a bit of a cool down, or at least his car is, the number six with two fans, uh, which sort of look like they should be drones and hovering above the pit lane, but they're placed in front of the air intakes at the front of the car to cool down the brakes and the radiators as that car's in the pit lane. Inside the last three minutes now, and generally speaking, Jeremy Shaw, I think most teams, other than the obvious exception of the number 77, Mazda Motorsports, the Multimatic Mazda Motorsports squad, I think most teams will be reasonably happy to at least have got some laps in. They might not have got the time down the time they wanted to. They might not have got all their work done, will not have got all their work done, but at least most teams have been out there. Yeah, you're right. I mean, you know, the new coming here is only going to be an hour, so there's not a lot of track time in any case. So uh, most of them have absolutely maximised the, their opportunity here and to have all, all of the prototype cars as you say within three quarters of a second that's pretty stout and even though the number 77 car didn't get out on track at least the number 55 car did with harry ticknell who of course recently signed a new longer term contract with multimatic motorsports by the way uh, in that number 55 car third fastest 0.137 only behind that benchmark time set just a couple of minutes ago by Juan pablo montoya up on the high banks, the number 85 is the JDC car. And that at the moment, oh, well, that's Chris Miller's taking that car back out again. So Yeah, Chris has done a, a really good job. In that. Yeah. He's done it, yes, he's done a super job too. It's, he has set that time uh, at a 136.5 in the car number 85. And as we said, that Ricky Taylor up into fourth position in the Acura car number 7, 136.187. So... Again, now we've got the top four cars covered by just over two tenths of a second. They go straight on, though, for at the uh, bus stop chicane for the number 85 car. Oh. And the teams, were, the, the drivers were told during the the driver the, the virtual drivers meeting that was held, uh, I think, yesterday. Uh, there was a video sent out by uh, Chief Steward Bo Barfield. The drivers were, it, were told that the the configuration of the tire barrier chicane there at the bus stop i.e if you go straight on has been altered since the teams were here for the rolex 24 in january so he suggested to all of the of the teams and drivers that it'd be a good idea to check out the uh you know, where you have to go to, to navigate that tire chicane in order to to rejoin the racetrack yeah, and I'm not sure Chris Miller had heard that because he went to the law side and actually yeah. had to go on the grass there uh, and go the effectively the quote-unquote wrong side of the first tyre barrier. You're meant to go up to the wall side, then drop down and do the chicane and rejoin. He was actually Deep. on the grass. Indeed he was. It was probably quicker going through the grass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'll be being watched. I'll tell you that. Yeah, exactly. I'll tell you that now. Montoya and Chavez are in the pits, first and second. Uh, the two cars separated by 0 0.016 of a second. We've seen the checkered flag out now. Ryan Briscoe is the first one to see it across the tri-oval. Then Jordan Taylor for Corvette in the number three car in fourth position. Robbie Foley and John Potter both seeing the checkered flag as well as Chris Miller, who goes through. Is there anybody on a quick one uh, at the moment? I don't think so. Harry Tinknell's last lap was his best, a 136.0. So we've got three cars, Jeremy Shaw, in half a tenth of a second at the top end of the field. Is that close enough for you? 
Yeah, brilliant. And not only that, John, but there's an accurate a Cadillac and a Mazda Perfect. as well. Isn't that cool? Isn't that cool? A mixed day for Mazda. Uh, hats, hats off here. Yeah, and hats off here to uh, to the intertechnical team, Jeffrey Carter and all the guys there who worked so hard, uh, downloaded so much data after the Rolex 24, and they crunched all the numbers. And <laughs> he will be... Uh, beside yourself to see those three cars covered by such a, a narrow margin of, at the end of the first practice session. Yeah, absolutely agree there, Jeremy. A mixed day for Mazda, though, with one car right at the very sharp end of things. The other car not even getting a run. One or two cars just to, to finish their final laps at the moment. Uh, the Ryan Hardwick, Aaron Tealitz and Gar Robinson triumvirate in 18th, 19th and 20th or 5th, 6th and 7th in GTD are together uh, on the track as well at the moment with uh, Gar Robinson just ahead of Ryan Hardwick in the 16 Wright Motorsport Porsche as they're on the fight, fight their final lap just coming in uh, to the tri-oval now and no improvement there well I, I tell you what I tell you what, that's not a bad session. A bit of bonus coverage for uh, you out there and for us as we're just easing ourselves back into this as well. little more overcast share, if anything, than it was when we started. And it is quite getting quite murky now, although it's uh, still an hour or so uh, before official sunset. Uh, a little more than that. And uh, But again, as I said to Jeremy earlier on, that's the sort of session, take the 77 car out of this, but that's the sort of session that everybody would have been hoping for. No major problems. Nobody's come back with bent bodywork. Correct. And even the 77 aren't devastated by missing a session. In talking to their drivers, they said, you know, it, it's the sort of situation they got out of the pit lane, they plugged in the computer, they saw something they didn't like, so they didn't want to risk it for the last 11 minutes of the session, rolling the car back to the pit lane to work on it and get it perfect for tomorrow, because tomorrow is the day that counts. And you very rightly picked up on the skies looking a little bit more ominous. Those crews are going to want to get those cars packed away for the night fairly quickly because uh, Flubber is coming and Flubber has a little bit of red in him too. If you missed our other, keeping an eye on other motorsport stories across across the world, Jimmy Johnson's tested po positive for COVID-19. Just an guy will take his drive this weekend in the Coca-Cola 600 on Sunday. It's a busy day for NBC Sports Network if you're in the States with, uh, first of all, tomorrow uh, it is uh, IndyCar on the road circuit, then Xfinity on the road circuit, then uh, the WeatherTech Sports Car Championship, uh, the WeatherTech 240, and then, of course, on the Sunday is the Coca-Cola 600. That's also going to scupper Jimmy's uh, uh, IndyCar test, which was due for early next week as well. Scotty McLaughlin also not able to come and do his test and races at the moment. So uh, a couple of disappointed drivers who won't be getting into single seaters. But as we look through the times, 25 out of 26 cars, uh, Jeremy, and certainly... I mean, we were very happy, weren't we, when we had a look and the, uh, at the entry list to see uh, the DPIs uh, were uh, here in force and separated from the cars that we saw by three quarters of a second. Yeah, fantastic. I thought it was a really, I, th I thought it was a really, really good practice session. I mean, yeah, everybody except for the number seventy-seven car got plenty of laps in. Lots of uh, information for everybody to 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 uh, glean there. 
all of the in GTD, uh, you know, all of the cars except one did uh, did over 22 laps. An exception would be number 14 did only 17. But you know, lots of laps turned all the way through there. And of course, in GTD, most of the session. Uh, it was the uh, the uh, silver rated drivers or bronzes that were out there at, uh, getting getting their, their their times in the the platinum or gold drivers just a few laps just to get themselves acclimated and up to speed. Yeah, and in that GTD, Tony Vlander putting the time in uh, early on for Scuderia Corsa in the Ferrari. Uh, that Ferrari looked particularly quick. Uh, that's got two tenths uh, on the rest of the field. Now, in the big scheme of things, two tenths is nothing at all. But when you consider that the M. Vassar Sullivan Lexus, the Acura from MSR, in fact, the two Acuras from MSR, uh, are separated again by just on a tenth. That two tenths that Tony Volander had on the rest of the field actually looks like a big gap, Jeremy. Yeah, true. Yeah, you know, a bit. T- Tony, I think, did more laps than, um, than any of the other uh, your top-rated drivers in, in that in that class. But he did set that term early on, so I think they probably just used the one set of tyres during that session, perhaps, uh, because he wasn't turning particularly quick laps at the end. Interestingly, in GTD, virtually all of the best times were turned. Uh, well, Paul Holton did it on the 12th lap in the number 76 McLaren. Well, that's understandable. That car's got no laps around there at all beforehand. But all of the other contenders within 10 laps of the get-go is when they turn their best laps of the session. So, you know, way before halfway through that uh, one-hour practice session. Yeah, uh, Tony Philander did 32, more than 32 minutes of that session, 14 minutes by Cooper McNeil. But there was a bit of in and out uh, going on there. GT Le Mans, it's Porsche from Corvette, from Porsche from Corvette, from BMW, from BMW. And once again, a second, Jeremy, covering the field. Yeah, super tight. Yeah, it's really, really good. The uh, the, the the four cars in front, the two BMWs, they're, they're off the pace a little bit. They're probably well, they're, they're eight tenths off uh, off the rest of the of the pack. There, those cars have been slowed down a little bit since the Rolex Twenty Four. Uh, they've got uh, a little bit um, smaller restrictors fractionally, and uh, but it's only should, should only be costing them a couple of horsepower, uh, and they've also had to. Re- uh, raise the angle of the rear wing, so that'll cause a little bit of drag, a little bit more drag as well. But uh, with the straight line advantage that he clearly had at the uh, at the Rolex 24, that's not surprising. And and you know, we, in GTLM, we never see any of the teams showing their full hand in the first session, do we? No, indeed. I, I think I may have given the uh, NASCARs an extra 200 laps, by the way. It's the Prickyard 400 uh, this weekend. <laughs> I'm, so, so, I'm, I'm thinking about what we sort of should be in here at Daytona and, and haven't the, the race here. Uh, it's the Prickyard 400 on Sunday, which will be running uh, without Jimmy Johnson, of course. Uh, Shape, thank you very much indeed. Our great thanks to everybody at NASCAR Productions. Uh, particularly to Alex uh, and the rest of his team uh, for making sure that uh, we got the information that we needed. Also, all of the IMSA staff uh, around the paddock and the facility at Daytona International Speedway. Uh, Thank you very much indeed for Shea Adam and Jeremy Shaw joining me in the Haggerty Global Broadcast Centre. We'll do it again tomorrow in sound and vision for qualifying. Everybody can see that. And then depending if you've got uh, TV coverage in your territory or not, if you haven't, don't worry, because we've got full live uninterrupted coverage of the race. It's on uh, Sirius XM uh, as well if you're in the States and you are uh, so equipped if you... 
if you uh, keep following IMSA Radio and uh, at Radio Le Mans, we'll give you all the channels for that closer to time tomorrow. Wherever you are around the world, thanks for joining us for the resumption of IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship. I'm John Hindoff from the Haggerty Global Broadcast Centre. Thanks very much. Enjoy your weekend. Join us again tomorrow. I've got a feeling it's going to be fun. Bye-bye. This programme is a Radio Show Limited production. Tell your friends there's more at RadioLeMond.com.